Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dolls win the faceoff. Hockenpah shoots it in. Big bounce. Justin Kluse scores early in this contest. Eight seconds in. Justin Kluse snaps this goalless drought. 11 straight games without a tally for him. Ryan Johnston played to the left wing to Leo. Big slap shot. Scores! Chase DeLeo breaks it within one. A slap shot went through the five hole of Prozvatov. Esposito back in and Josh Mahura sent him down. A big check by the second year defenseman. That'll send the goals in the attack. And Sam Carrick's on the breakaway. The captain in, scores! Welcome to the first edition of the Goals Cast of the 2020 calendar year. I'm Andy Silch with BJ McPherson. We've got a lot to talk about. We haven't had one in a little bit. Uh, I want to say this is maybe episode six or seven of the season, but let's just wipe the slate clean. Let's talk about uh, after Christmas break, the pair of games against Ontario. Really good rivalry, of course, and I, I think it's going to be a fight to the finish in that season series against Ontario. But the team started off a lot of goals against Ontario on that road game. And then a really tough overtime loss against the rain that kind of set the tone for where we stand right now, where the team is struggling to find wins. Well, we go four games back and you start in Ontario on a road game and you're right. It's the biggest game when Ontario and the Gulls play. It's the rivalry game. And to get that big win on the road and to get ready for you make that a four game series because it's an in-series game. You play the rain, and then you come back and you play two more games against Bakersfield. So you get that big road game, and that's a big one to get. And then you come home, and I don't want to say you lay an egg, but you don't get the true cut win. And I think the Gulls didn't get everything there. Getting the one point, three out of four, you're going to be happy with that. But really what you need to get is you need to get four points when you start the first one on the road with a big win. Wait, how tough is it to play a team back-to-back, and especially when you're trying to catch them in the standings. And not only that, not only let them get points, too. That's got to be difficult. Well, and that's one of the things. It actually sucks. It sucks when you play a team and you beat them, and you got to play them again within the next 24 hours. It gives that team that, that chance. You don't really get to soak up that win. And you look at, look at the NFL, if you want to look at uh, you know comparing See if a team could beat the same team twice in a season. It, the, the percentages are like 52% for a team to go 2-0 and in the NFL. So that shows you from one game to the other in the NFL, they can't get it done more than 48% of the time. And that's something that we talked about before we went on air was that big win in Ontario where the team exploded offensively. 
And it was almost like, well, if they lose in regulation, which they didn't, nope. but if they lost in regulation, it would have been the case of, my gosh, last night's win would have been all for naught. Uh, kissing your sister. That's what it would have <laughs> felt like. All right, maybe in your case, your cousin. But either way, um, it, it, they got three points, so that's great. But then we roll through that, and we get to Bakersfield. And we're getting ready for the Bakersfield game. And I was telling Andy before the game, I go, I have that feeling the Gulls the last couple of years, they get ready to go on a roll. And I thought the roll was going to start. Yeah, fortunately, the roll started in the wrong direction with that Bakersfield series. But some uplifting positivity here, the Iowa Wild, some new blood, and it's always good to see a new team roll in. And uh, some of the guys were commenting about it uh, earlier this week of the, it's refreshing to see another team. The division games are very important, not to say that the central division games aren't, but uh, you get to get more focus on yourself. You're seeing somebody who's different, but you know what? The main focal point right now is on the San Diego Gulls. Well, when you play a team like the Rain eight, ten times a season, you get so uh, used to playing it that these little battles you have, they carry over. You really enjoy playing against a new team. You find a new guy. You don't know how tough he is. You don't know how much of a wimp he is because you know what? It doesn't matter. You guys are going to go in and battle right away. And when you get to play them uh, instantly, it's like starting a new season. Believe me, for hockey players, you love coming off the Christmas layoff. Not much of a layoff, but right around Christmas time is when... You get through the next two, three weeks, and then you get a little dog month. And that dog month gets you ready. And we're not at that time of year right now, but the dog month is starting now for the reason of these last two home losses. Yeah, and as we look ahead to the schedule, uh, outside of the road trips where we have Grand Rapids and we have a pair against Iowa, the next team that we're going to play back-to-back is Stockton. We have them in uh, kind of mid-February-ish. It's the 17th. We're going to be in Stockton and then back home on the 19th. So a little bit of a relief there. But then again in March, you play back-to-back against San Jose. You play back-to-back against Tucson, and those are both on the road. That's going to be a very tough road trip. And then here's the kicker at the end of the year. And we all know when you look at April, this could be the season on the line. Back-to-back against Ontario and then back-to-back in Colorado. But we got to talk about right now, though, you got the Iowa Wild, the team who is unbelievable on special teams. Probably top three out of the all of the AHL and penalty kill and power play. Their power play was two for two in their last game. Their uh, power play the game before was three for six. I want to say they're nine for 12 out of the last four-ish games. The best penalty kill is to stay out of the box. Right there, you want to be a smart coach and get it across to your teammates. You want to keep them away from uh, their golden goose. Does that stay out of the box? But to do that, you got to do two things. You either got to dominate the game or you got to play in between uh, the the fairness of the game. And we know that's not going to happen. It just doesn't happen in pro sports. You can just have your stick come up and get them in the face. I think the Gulls uh, penalty killing uh, on a whole, I, I think, is probably in the top 10% of the league. Now, they're better than a 20% clip on the season. For me, when it comes down to special teams for the Gulls, I think it's the power play. The power play is what's going to turn it around for them. Penalty killing, they've got enough guys that work hard, do the little things. Guys in front of that net, from Simon Benoit to the Big Bear, these guys are going to help you kill penalties. And some of the new guys from Antoine Moran, I like him jumping out there on the penalty kill. Alex Broadhurst does a great job killing penalties. You know, you, you can't forget about Kloos. Carrick's back. 
back now. So penalty killing, I think, is fine. It's the power play for the Gulls that's got to turn around. And having a team come in worrying about what they do, it's the last thing the Gulls are going to worry about. they got to worry about themselves first. Boy, what an acquisition that Broadhurst has been for this team. He's not going to go out there and score 25 goals a season, but he does everything right, I feel. He's so positionally sound. You see why he won a Calder Cup with the Lake Erie Monsters. And I think he's just uh, hes a great asset, not only on the ice, but off the ice. He's a leader. I don't Obviously, you and I aren't in the locker room. We don't know if he's uh, got a big voice or not. But it seems like he's the kind of guy who would say maybe one or two things and then let it ride out in somebody else's mind and, and let them figure out how they need to dictate it. Well, of course, as Andy's talking, I'm thinking, and he's saying words that I'm thinking about. But everything you just said there... I get to watch him play. You get down there with him a lot more than I do. And from what I get to see, he's one of those guys as a veteran player. When you get veteran hockey players, what do they want to do? They want to cherry pick. They want to be on the power play. They want things like that. It's the opposite with him. He's one of those guys. He kills penalties. He takes the big face-offs. It's defense first. And you got to remember, he's a veteran on this team. You get one or two guys like that, what you get is people that follow. And I don't know him from, from Bob or Joe or Steve. But I can tell he's one of those guys, he probably doesn't speak a whole lot, but you're right, when he does say something, people listen. So I know we did this last year, and I want to do this again this year. Let's, uh, let's go with the MVP halfway through the season. My pick, it's going to be the goaltending tandem, obviously led by Anthony Stolarz. He's had about three-fourths of the work compared to Kevin Boyle. Boyle has taken a big stride as of late. Extremely happy with how he's been able to step in. He's been phenomenal when called upon. But I'm going to have to go with that being my MVP group, obviously led by Anthony Stolarz. BJ, who's your pick? Well, you're right there. Stolarz, he leads it there with Kevin Boyle. And Kevin, in the last three weeks, has really picked up his game, and it always helps getting a win. But I'm going to go with the captain, Sam Carrick. Sam Carrick's my guy. He carries this team. Just on the interview we had uh, with him last Sunday, you can tell the way he carries himself. Even after having the interview with us, I think he stayed in the arena club till the last person was in there. It's the little things you can have in a captain like him, from scoring goals to be the voice in the locker room to the guy that drops the gloves. He does it all, and when he's not here, I think he has his assistant captains that believe in him. And remember, they're all around the same age, but Sam Carrick seems to have been there and done that a little bit more often. Well, in that interview that you're talking about, we're actually going to have that towards the tail end of this podcast. We're also going to chat with Ryan Johnston as well, get to know one of the quote-unquote newcomers. He's been here for about a month, but still good to sit down and talk with a player coming in and get to the nitty-gritty with him. Uh, let's go to most improved player from last year to this year. And I think you and I are going to get in agreement with us. Well, uh, I'm going to give you the guy, but I think the guy's got to show up a little bit more because if you talked to me about this two weeks ago, I'd say pretty easily. It, it, it's going to be one of those guys who's going to come back in the lineup. He's a centerman. He can skate hard up and down the ice. But he's been taking a night or two off here, as I didn't think he would be doing but he's the type of guy, I believe, Alex Dosti can skate. He can shoot that puck, but he's one of those guys, he's hot and cold. And I don't want to call him cold right now, but he hadn't got on the board in the last few games. And he's one of those guys, he gets on the board, his next goal will be double digits, number 10. And for him to do that, I think that's a big turnaround. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one, too. And it's weird the way the season has unfolded for him. We actually saw a really great preseason from Alex Dosti, and both you and I were like, all right, here we go. This is the year for him. 
and he just hasn't been able to pan out a full month where he's producing offensively. And not, and we're not just talking goals and assists. Scoring chances can lay into there. There's been games where you don't call his name as much. And he's still young. Don't forget that. This guy was, uh, you know, he's still very young. He's also trying to adapt to getting higher and higher in the lineup. I think right now, good success story for the youngster. Yeah, and you don't always have to count the points and the goals, but it's easy for me and you to talk like that and talk about it. But look, when we don't call his name very much, there's a reason for that. When you're a player that's going, this coaching staff led by Coach Kevin Deneen, he can tell the players that are going, and he rides those players. That's when you get over 18 minutes in a game. And when it's that type of game, you're just not doing it, the puck's not rolling for you, you're going to be down into the 11-12 minute mark. And if you remember last year, Coach Dallas Eakins talked about, you know, who goes out there. You don't go out there and play 60 minutes. A good forward plays 16 to 18 minutes in a hockey game. And a forward who, I'm not going to say is not as good, but not as relied on as much, is down around the 10-12 minute mark. Now our defensemen, they can get up there in the 18-20 minute mark. And you think about that as a fan. They're only out there for 20 minutes, but go ahead and run 100 yards in the next 10 seconds and tell me how many times you can do that. <laughs> Once. That's it. <laughs> so our next one is most improved from game one to where we stand right now. Now, in my mind, there's two players. So whoever you say, because I think you're going to say one of the two, I'll say the other one. So who's your guy? Well, you put me on the spot with this one. This is going to be a tough one, but I'm going to go Yanni Hockenpah. Yanni Hockenpah, at the start of this year, it just seemed like the rink was too small for him. It just seemed like he was going the wrong way. That took about seven, eight games. Once he got past that, Yanni Hockenpah, for me, is the big shutdown defenseman. He, he, and we've given him the new nickname, the Bear. He, he's the Finnish Bear. We can call him the Grizzly. Call him whatever you want, but I love watching him on the ice because he has that lunch pail mentality. He clocks in for the games and he clocks out. And just his work ethic and his toughness. Again, a European Finnish tough guy. I yeah. like it. And, and that, that's one of the guys who I was thinking of. And at the beginning of the year, I was kind of wondering, all right, who's that guy who's going to be out there with two minutes to completely shut down the other team's offense? And I think Yanni Hockenpah has certainly grown into that because he should be that, and he is that. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. That guy. My guy for most improved from game one to right now, Antoine Moran. He was my, my 1A, 1B. Uh, whoever you were going to pick, I was going to pick the other guy. And Moran's the guy, former second rounder by the Ducks in 2017. I think uh, he was, a, first of all, he was a healthy scratch in game one, if you remember that. Mm -hmm. And then also, he has continued to move up the lineup. And even when he's not putting points on the board, you notice number uh, 14 buzzing around out there. Uh, probably the last six games for the Gulls, he's been the hardest worker on the ice by far. Where Andy and I get to call the games at, at the rink, you got a bunch of scouts from other teams. And just last game, I was talking to an old scout, ex uh, a coach in the National Hockey League, and we talked about a couple players. And he looked at me and he pointed to Antoine and he said that's the hardest worker on this team every time I come here and watch him he's the hardest worker in the lineup so we got a few more games coming up ahead so uh, one quick uh, touch point 
uh, a new released uh, promo that we have. It's the, the college discount for all kids with a college email address. All you have to do is go to sandiegogulls.com slash college, and you get $15 terrace-level tickets on Wednesday, Thursday, or sorry, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. That includes the two-hour Bud Light night. SanDiegoGulls.com slash college, $15 terrace-level tickets. Wednesday is the Rockin' Baja Lobster two-for-five taco deal, so you got yourself a good, fully loaded week of games. And then also on Saturday, you have the family four-pack deal, four tickets, four hot dogs, four sodas for just $99. Go to SanDiegoGulls.com slash family. What needs to be done for this team to eclipse 500 and stay above 500? It's a been, it seems like it's been a very streaky hockey club. I want you to ask me about the college guys first. All you got to do is skip two lunches and you make it out to that Friday <laughs> game. That's a good 28 bucks in your pocket. But what the Gulls need to do, and they're going to do it. It's not what I'm saying they need to do. It's just going to happen. Again, it's still a fresh team from last year, and the team's feel, filling themselves out with having the call-ups. And you got to remember the injuries up in Anaheim. It affects here with the San Diego Gulls. What they need to do is they need to get in on a stretch where they get a couple wins under their belts and have the confidence. They haven't had the confidence, I believe, in a four-game set yet. And when I say four-game set, four wins in a row. They start getting these four wins. They're not going to worry about the other teams who's coming in. Other teams are going to have to go to the Gulls' strengths or go to the difference in the Gulls' strengths. I just believe a little confidence with the Gulls right now. A bounce here, a bounce there. Get a little bit more of a consistent lineup and the Gulls will be on a 7.50 stretch for a good 20-game stretch. Coaching and players will not look at it like this, but you and I certainly can. As you look at the Gulls' schedule here, it is three games a week, basically every week until the All-Star break, and that, that actually is true, three games a week until the All-Star break. Then you hit the All-Star break, you got a back-to-back set at home at the end of January, early February, and then all of a sudden you're going to ride a lot of games again for the rest of the season pretty much that's going to have about three games a week. Now, with that being said, you and I can look at this. Do you go in as a series, a best of three series to every week? you got to take two or three. Well, that, that's a good way of looking at it. A lot of teams go on ten-game segments. You can make it five, but the way the, the – the schedule is right now, I think, is a great schedule for a hockey player because when you play three games in a week at this time of year, coaching staff's going to be good to the players. They're not going to have them practicing a whole lot. You're going to be recovering. You're going to be getting ready for these three-game series. But I like what you said there. The best thing to do with that is you go two out of three, three out of four in the next couple of months, they're going to be in the top three in this division. And when you look at the games ahead for next week, in Stockton, really, really tough game. That's on Wednesday. Back home against Tucson and then in Bakersfield. So that's not going to be easy in terms of the travel because you're going to be going back and forth and up and down and around three games and four nights in three different cities. But uh, like you said, I think the players hated. They didn't say it. But I think they hated the way the beginning of the schedule was. It was almost like a football schedule. You're playing once a weekend, and then you're off for six, seven days, and then you're playing again for a pair, then you're off for a whole week. Getting in a routine, I think, is crucial. October, six games in 31 days. No games other than Fridays or Saturdays. That, that was just not the way you want to start a season. It would have been nice if the Gulls were able to go 6-0, and but it didn't go that way. But what they did was, come November, they changed everything around. And believe me, they keep stubbing their toe. I like what they've got here in the next three games. But these next three games... 
They have to win two out of three. They have to win two out of three. And I know we keep doing these. They have to. They have to. But against this wild team come Wednesday night, you got to start with your foot in the right direction and get that win and worry about the weekend. The only thing that kind of stinks right now is you got these pivotal games. Uh, I wish that these games right now were against the interdivision teams because you got to get hot. You got to get hot against those teams too. Well, now they spread it out a little bit. You don't play all your division games. You get them spread out, so you're going to be up and down, up and down. And again, you can only take care of what's in front of you. And if you have the lineup, you're going to have to take care of it that night. If there's going to be injuries, if there's going to be call-ups, you can't boo-hoo about it. You just got to look in front of your face and get ready for the game like your next teammate's going to do. I find it this January. Hopefully it starts Wednesday night, but the role's got to start sometime. All right, so we talked about Anthony Stolarz, and before we get to our conversation with Ryan Johnston and with Sam Carrick, let's talk about the other all-star, because that's coming up. That's in Ontario. That'll be on the 26th for the skills. The 27th will be the Classic itself. Chris Weidman, offensive defenseman, no surprise. He, first of all, he leads all defensemen in goals, and he's had that for a long time. No surprise that he's going to get this uh, nod here to the All-Star game. And he deserves it. And at one point of the season, he had six goals, six assists, and he had had a little bit of a slowdown, but it wasn't in the way he played. It was in the point column. And again, as a defenseman, your number one the thing to do is play defensive hockey. And when he had six goals and six assists, he didn't sway away and just went all offense. He stayed and played the team game, which for him first is defense. And I really admire the way he's played defense this year, getting a call up with the Ducks. That's a, a, showing them, hey, you're playing so well. We want to have you come up here with the Ducks. Again, you get called up. It helps you financially, and also it helps you with you know, confidence. Not saying he needs the confidence, but he's been a player who's been a highlight for the Gulls this year. Probably one of the top five shots in all of the league. It'd be curious to see what he actually competes in in the skills challenge. I love that's when I love the players can show off their best assets. So I actually I think he's got great accuracy. I wouldn't mind him shooting off the little targets. Well, those are the two I was just going to say. I'd like to see him in the targets, and he'd probably be one of the only defensemen in that. But it's the hardest shot. Uh, for some some reason, he's one of those guys you go golfing with. He's going to hit it 310 yards. You know, you go to the batting cages. He seems to hit it off the wall all the time. He's got one of those natural shots. Again, you can hit a puck as hard as you want from one guy to the next guy. But it's all in what God has given you, and he's got that trait. Well, that's one thing I'm going to have to ask him, too. 5'10", 183 pounds, and he's got an absolute cannon. It definitely has to be form. It is for It's technique, and he's got it down. Again, all baseball players can't hit 30 home runs. You know, guys are smaller than other guys. It's technique, and you either have it or you don't, and it's not an easy thing to be taught. And Hale's from St. Louis, Missouri, so you know he's got to be darn we good at that. we got a few things against them. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's slip that one in there, Andy. <laughs> Last time he was in a full season in the AHL, he was an all-star. That was 14-15 with Binghamton. And uh, one final comment on Chris Weidman. We had him way earlier in the season on the podcast. And when I asked him about last year, it was such a whirlwind for him. He was going from team to team, being dealt two different three times. And he said the thing that was lacking last year for me personally was just not getting that family type of camaraderie with players because he was bouncing around. He was so happy to be here. He said, you know, if I go up and down, so be it. But I just want to be with one organization this year because you lose that brotherhood amongst one another. Well, that's one of the greatest things about sports and especially about hockey. You got 20 teammates, <clears throat> excuse me, and what they turn into 
are your brothers. And sometimes some of them turn into your, you know, not so likable brothers. Not everybody gets along. But when you're with a hockey team that you get on a bus ride for six hours, you get on a plane for five hours, and it doesn't phase you whatsoever because you're going to see these guys game in and game out. That's probably the biggest thing X players especially hockey players miss and i know i've missed it till this day is the locker room the camaraderie you just don't get it like it used to be and we'll touch on the anaheim ducks a big shootout victory on sunday against the nashville predators they came out flying against nashville and then that actually paved the way that was the last game that lobby let had behind the bench for the nashville predators he got let go uh i think that was monday that they announced that but let's turn our attention to the ducks though it's been a rocky rocky path for them this year and you're going to have those growing pains especially with the guys that we saw here last year there's a lot of them that are up there right now and if we see some more guys come back down the rest of the year so be it but for the most part those guys are going to be Anaheim Ducks and the growing pains are going to come with that let's go through all the guys that are up there from Max Combs all the way down the order look none of them are up there with 20 points because it's not easy in the NHL it's not easy in the American Hockey League, but what these guys are doing game in and game out is they're contributing. Coach Dallas Eakins has had some of these guys for two and three years. So that's the best way for these players in the best situation to have a guy like Coach Dallas Eakins. Knows when they're going well, plays them a little bit more. When they're not doing so well, you know, they're not going to get the ice time. But the biggest thing is they're young. In this organization, there's a plan, and the plan isn't to get rattled right away from game one to the first couple weeks. There, there's, like I said, there's a system here and they're going to stick to it. And I give this team a couple of years. They're not going to need it, but in a couple of years, they're going to come together because look, from the older guys down to the younger guys, there's really not too many middle guys. So I see in the next couple of years, this team can either really take off or, you know, maybe they disband, but I don't think that's going to happen. This is a club that's going to stick together. You know, they're going to get over, tw- they're going to get over 500, I believe, before this season's over. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that point, too. And one thing you got to look at, too, is you keep stockpiling this young talent. Uh, you, you, I think defense right now, there's no secret about that. I think defense is what you're going to start looking in on and f- having as a focal point for this upcoming draft. Well, defense wins coming out, especially through the playoffs, and that's what you need to have from best goalie in the playoffs to having great defense. That's what's going to win. But what they got to do is everybody's got to keep working hard, and if there's a move that we make, believe me, this organization seems to make the good move every year. Yeah, I know you're right about that, and who knows what's to tell by the time we conclude our podcast right now to when the season ends. Who's going to be where? Who's going to come to this organization, help out the Ducks and the Gulls? It's all obviously up to the big brass in Anaheim, but they always do a great job with those transactions. you got to give them credit. We're going to segue to some highlights from that victory from the Anaheim Ducks against the Nashville Predators on Sunday, the 5-4 to four shootout victory with the call provided by the Anaheim Ducks broadcast and Steve Carroll. And now Nashville will get the draw. We're going to have a fight right off the beginning of the game. How about that? Austin Watson, and that's Nick Delorier, perhaps going back to the last game between the two teams. Unless they have a pass, Delorier pummels Watson with three or four rights. Another right, another right, another right by Delorier. Watson gets on top, gives Delorier a pat in the midsection. So I'm guessing that was planned from the start. And that will inspire the troops, if nothing else. Lindholm kept it in, feathered it out of the reach of Getzlaff. Behind the Nashville goaltender. Puck pushed in front, then a backhand shot in front. Another shot, they score! Henrique was stopped the first time. 
Great persistence. Backhanded one up high, beating Saros. And the Ducks finally solve him at the 12.06 mark of the period. Henrik puts Anaheim up by 1-0. Move around Ekholm in the neutral zone. Kicks the puck off his skate to his stick. And then he's run into the boards. But got it out for Fowler. A shot. He scores! Cam Fowler snaps one by Saros. And the Ducks had a defenseman in front of the net as well. Cam Fowler. But uh, there's a shot. Actually. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Adam Henrique was in front of the net. Fowler's the guy that shot it. Cam should get the goal. And it's now a 2-2 hockey game. Four, shoots it in, pursues it himself. Larson beat him back to possession of the puck. Ducks try and clear. Backhand shot. Oh, and John Gibson made a big save. Another shot. Low slot Bonino. On the left wing side, Henrique for Fowler. Back to Getzlap. Moves in against Watson. Hands off Henrique. A drive coming save. Rebound. Score! Daniel Sprong got the rebound because he was in a perfect position to bang it home. And the Ducks score a power play goal and have a 3-2 lead. On the half wall near side, gets laughing his power play, looks to go rink wide, a shot, they score! Adam Henrique redirects the puck in behind Saros. And the Ducks score a power play goal. 45 seconds left in the Carrier Minor. And this place explodes. A power play goal makes it 4-2 Anaheim. It would be fitting if he could get the game winner. Fifth shot for Anaheim. Gets he with a chance to win it if he beats Saros coming in. Middle of the ice, moves in, fake shoots, and he scores! Ryan gets left, beats Saros. The fifth round of the shootout. And the crowd are up with joy. The Ducks win the shootout 2-1 and win the hockey game by a final of 5-4. We're now going to our player profile and talking with Ryan Johnston. Still kind of a newcomer here for the San Diego Gulls. First of all, welcome aboard. And, and what was it like going to Toronto? And, and, and I know there was a tough log jam there, and it had to be difficult sitting on the sidelines and, and trying to get your crack at it. But now that you're here, it's got to be a good opportunity for you for your career. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's you, you never want to be on the sidelines. You always want to be, uh, you know, involved with the team and you know, contributing to wins. Um, you know, I I know coming in Toronto, they always like to develop their young guys, and they had a lot of good young guys. And then, you know, they got backed up with a lot of you know older, more veteran players that have played a lot of games in the NHL and HL as well. So uh, it was a lot of waiting, and, and it was it was it was fine for the time being. But I know sooner or later it might have been tough, more a lot more tough. But I was just trying to bide my time because I felt like I had a really good camp. Um, but, you know, coming here and then and playing and, and I think, you know, trying to at least making an impact right away, I thought, or so I thought, um, you know, felt nice, get some confidence back and, you know, get into the swing of things because, you know, for a while I didn't really play for, you know, the summer plus a couple months. So it was, it was a long time coming, but it was, it was nice to, 
finally play and finally contribute. <laughs> well, when did you first hear about the trade and what was your reaction? I think I heard about it like right off the get-go. Uh, the assistant GM, Gilman, um, phoned me and said, you know, you got traded. Uh, you know, I didn't really ask for one, but I, I welcomed it. Like I said, you know, you always just want to play. So, um, you know, I, I heard that they they were interested. In it, so it's always nice to hear that a team was interested in you, not just, you know, pawned off because, you know, that team didn't want you. But, um, yeah, so I heard it from Gilman, like, right off the get-go. And then it just took a little while to get the visa up and running. But you know, after that, I got down here as quick as I could. And like I said, it was just nice to get playing again. Who was the first person that you reached out to after you learned about the trade? Ooh, I don't even know. Maybe, probably my parents if I had to really think about it. But it might have been a couple of teammates. Uh, there's a couple of teammates that I got pretty close with and spent a lot of time with back in Toronto. Um, and, and actually, in, in Kosolov was probably one of the guys, few guys that I, I contacted right away because I knew he played here before. Um, so I wanted to get his ear on a couple of things and stuff like that. And then I knew he'd be jealous too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very near and dear to the fans here in San Diego. So with that being said, what did he tell you about coming here? Uh, he, he said it's just, you know, it's one of the best programs out there. You know, they, they care about the players. Um, you know, as you can see, every practice, every game, like there's a lot of extra stuff they do. They, they really want to develop uh, each and every one of us. You know, if you're 20 or, you know, 30 years old, it doesn't really matter. Um, and then obviously, you know, you know, outside of the rink, there's a lot of perks in, in terms of, you know, you're down south. It's really enjoyable. So, you know, you're happy coming to the rink, um, you know, when it's good weather. But, you know, he, he said that there's great guys down here. Um, I know there's been a switch up from last year to the when he played to here um, this year. But, you know, he said there's a lot of great guys down there and I'll really enjoy it. And, and I have so far. Was this your first time getting dealt? Yeah. No, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess I, I asked for trade when I was in Sweden the one year, but, um, but yeah, this is probably like that's my first like midseason <laughs> dealing. So how, how did it feel like getting dealt? I, I know you said you're you're going to a team that really wanted you, but was it strange that you were getting dealt? It was it was definitely weird because I got I became close with a couple guys even though I wasn't necessarily playing as much as I wanted to I I got close with some guys and you know I was close to family for for once you know I was out in St John's which is farther away so it's a hard trip to to see family um, and you know obviously in Europe for two years so it was it was it was nice in a lot of aspects but uh, you know it was definitely weird to have this you know this mid season trade where you know you're kind of you know, abandoning everything that you kind of known for the last two months or two and a half months to come to something new. And now you're a new guy all over, have to meet everyone and get to know people and try and fit in all over again, even though you did that two months prior. <laughs> so it was different. But I mean, like I said, I can't complain because, you know, I just wanted to play hockey and, you know, hopefully I fit in wherever I went. <laughs> you talked about playing at St. John's. So Sylvain Lefebvre was your coach there. How was it being a reunion, so to speak, with him? I was good. I mean, it's it's always nice to have some familiarity with uh, you know with coaching staff because you know what they want out of you, um, you know, in terms of play and how you you know you got to act, uh, you know, on and off the ice. So it's always uh, it was nice being comfortable coming back and seeing a um, a friendly face. So uh, it was it was it was really nice because I I didn't know anyone else coming here. I heard names and you know like like I said, Casa and a couple other people. Spencer Abbott I played with the year before. He was telling me about certain you know certain people that he's played with before about how they're great people. So. I mean, other than word of mouth, I didn't really know anyone. So he was the only person I actually knew. So it was, it was nice to have a friendly face here. So with Sylvain Lefebvre as a head coach in St. John's, now he's overseeing the defense here. Is it a different hands-on for him when he was the head coach in St. John's? Uh, I mean, I guess a, a little different. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've always found, like, the head coaches are 
you know, typically a little farther off from the players. You know, they might not be as involved, but he, he him as being a defense um, and in playing a lot of years, he was always pretty involved as well just because, you know, that was his background. He wasn't like, you know, he wasn't a goalie or forward where, you know, his uh, his skills might lay in a different area. Um, so he, he was he was definitely involved with, with like, you know, the players back in St. John's. Um, but now this is just more of a direct supervision because, you know, he's not doesn't have the whole team to attend to as, as much. You've touched the farthest side of the East, and now you're pretty much on the farthest side of the West. How crazy is that? I know. I mean, I haven't been in the most local areas in terms of my teams. Like, I was, you know, I was in Sweden, and I was up in the farthest team in the, in the North. So I've been, uh, I've been you know, kind of always the outskirts areas. But, I mean, this is – I can't complain about here. I'll go west anytime. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you, get, when you get traded to a team like this, do you hop on Google and start figuring out the city of San Diego? Um, I mean, as, as a person for me, like, unless there's something really glaring, um, I'll, I'll do research. But I'm, I'm a pretty go-with-the-flow kind of guy, uh, you know, maybe to a fault, which is, you know, can be bad sometimes. But, you know, I kind of just showed up and – you know, I knew what I needed to know. Um, I, you know, I'm bet really bad with names. I tried to remember as many as I could before I got here. I think I failed pretty miserably with that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just tried to get, you know, kind of important things or get nicknames down as fast as I could when I got here. And then, I mean, other than that, I, I just knew that there was, you know, beaches and then there's downtown and those are the two areas which people lived. And then, um, I mean, other than that, I didn't really know too much. But, I mean, it's... it's, it's probably pretty easy to figure out but I'm, I'm just kind of go with the flow and let let things happen <laughs> we're chatting with ryan johnston newcomer here for the san diego goal still trying to uh get back into action here after the injury but uh let's just talk about the past hockey experience that you've had you played overseas for two seasons what made you want to come back to north america and give another crack here um to be honest it was kind of just it was kind of just uh, out of nowhere i mean my team got relegated this past year when I was in Sweden, and I actually really liked the team, like a great group of guys, you know, and really enjoyed coming to the rink every day, even though that we weren't necessarily the strongest team. Um, but because we got relegated, I kind of was at a loss in terms of where I was going to go because I really wanted to go back there. And my agent kind of just threw my name out and then ended up Toronto being interested. And, uh, you know, I, before then I never really thought about coming back I thought maybe my time was over but as soon as I, I kind of heard word that I could possibly come back it kind of got stuck in my head that I, you know I want to try and come back um, you know being away from from home even though in St. John's was really far you know being away from home for four years really far out of the way is it, always a little more difficult um, so so once I got that in my head I really wanted to come back but before then I, I didn't really necessarily think about it I don't really get homesick too much but you know, now I'm getting a little more nieces and nephews, so it's more about that. Like, you know, family's coming a little more and more important every day, right? So, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things I kind of just got lucky with and, you know, kind of thankful that I'm closer to home now. Was there a big difference between the, the Swedish Elite League and the Swiss League? Uh, yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, I mean, not in a bad way. It's just different styles. You know, Sweden, obviously, there's some great people coming to Sweden. I played with uh, um, Lundy beforehand with, uh, in my first year in Lulia. Um, so, obviously, you know, there's uh, tremendous talent um, over there. Um, it's just the playing style is more defensive in, in Sweden. Um, everyone tries, you know, 100%. They always come back as, you know, as fast as you can. So, it's, it's kind of hard to get those three-on-twos. Um, or those odd man opportunities, but whereas, you know, Switzerland's a run and gun and you can win games, you know, 7-1 or 7-6. It's just, 
it can be a pretty big spread because it's just so wide open and, and typically their their offensive guys are extremely offensive and that's the their outlook on, on the game is try to be more offensive and be more free flowing. So sometimes you can, you know, get those like really good opportunities. Um, whereas those might not present itself in, in Sweden. What were the languages that were flying around there? Do you have to pick up Swedish? Swedish? Uh, I, I I started to a little bit actually. I started kind of learning on what is it Rosetta Stone, um, <laughs> but uh, I actually abandoned that after probably like a month or two, just more along the lines of because. I didn't know how long I was going to be there. And if I was going to learn a language, I'd rather learn one that's going to be more important to me in the long run. You know, like if you learn French, it's really important in Canada. And then there's actually a lot more countries that speak French. Whereas, you know, if you speak Swedish, you can only speak to, you know, 14 million people in the world out of, right. you know, whatever, 6 billion. It is. So I, I kind of started to learn that. Then I abandoned and tried to start picking up maybe a little more French. And then in, in Switzerland, there was a lot of, there was, we were in, in the southern part of Switzerland so that was Italian but then their main part is German and then what is it the west is French oh. so there's like three different languages and then they all speak some relative English depending on how good they are so so yeah it was like three four languages over there and then in in Sweden there was a, there was Swedish obviously but then most of them they, they always take English in school so they're pretty competent in, in English you talk about you got some nieces and nephews coming and how exciting does that make you for Christmas uh, very, because that's the that's the one big holiday for us. Um, you know, I, I have five siblings, so it's uh, it's hard to to get together nowadays. Um, so that's always the big, the big one. And I missed the last two years, and then previously with St. John's, it was hard to get back. Um, so I wasn't there, you know, too long. So I'm uh, I'm really excited to to see everyone because you know, like I said, it's you know they grew up so fast, and like those younger ages. Uh, they fly by, so I want to try and catch it while I can before they grow up. So, We're chatting with Ryan Johnston here, defenseman for the San Diego Gulls. We'll talk more about your family. you got an older sister who is two-time Olympic gold medalist. How much of an impact was she on your hockey career? Uh, she's huge. I mean, like everyone in general was. You know, I was the second youngest. Uh, I always played with my little brother, and then the older ones, obviously, you know, always scrimmaging or playing, you know, road hockey or you know, uh, going to the rink together and playing on the like, you know, an actual ice surface. Um, so I, I mean, everyone was pretty instrumental, and I thought, um, I think in, in me developing as you know a hockey player, but you know, her being held in such high esteem it, it just kind of brings a different aspect to it so she was uh you know and she's a really humble person in terms of personality too so it kind of brings it all plays together in terms of having developing on and off the ice with with her but also with the rest of my family as well we're all really tight so we're all really close did you ever bounce anything off of your uncle as well was he a part of that group as, in terms of that um my uncle i mean i we we had it was, we always grew up in different areas, so it was harder. You know, he was pretty busy with hockey. Um, you know, we used to have some reunions as much as we can to try and keep his touch. But, you know, he's, uh, he was always pretty busy at the exact same time I was, right? You know, if I was playing hockey, he was obviously, you know, coaching hockey. So, um, I know I, there were some, definitely some things over the years that we've tried to talk about. And, you know, my dad's been pretty good in, in terms of learning from, in, in general, he's, he's a pretty good knowledgeable person in terms of hockey but he you know he's I think he spent a lot of time talking with you know with my uncle um you know about hockey so I, th I think he's developed a mind about it too so you know if he wasn't there to talk I'd always talk to my dad um and uh you know try and learn as much as I can and that's Mike Johnston for fans that don't know that uh, head coach with Pittsburgh assistant with Vancouver and Los Angeles 
And with having so many older siblings when you were growing up, were you ever picked on when you were playing street hockey, or was your sister ever dangling around you and then dangling back across to you again? Uh, there was a time there when my sister was. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously when you got to a certain age, I started to get a little bit faster. I started to get faster and stronger than her. But you know, when I was younger, there was times where she was, you know, she was beating me and you know down and back. So, um, <laughs> so it was <laughs> it was it was different having a girl that was you know better than you. But uh, no, typically road hockey was just me. Uh, me and the, my two brothers, um, but I like to actually go on a net. I think I got forced on it because I was the younger one. Uh, I was the middle one, but I was the first one to actually be able to play with my older brother. So I think I started uh, going in net. But then, you know, watching Don Cherry on like the VHS and then DVDs, I think <laughs> I always liked it. So I actually didn't mind it. So I used to go on net and they'd play one on one, or you know, get a couple kids in and play two on two or something like that. But yeah, I, that was about as much picking on it was. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to a quick get to know you and then some rapid fire questions and uh, we'll let you go. Uh, when you're not playing hockey, and it doesn't have to be here in San Diego, it would be anywhere, what are some things that you like to do, some hobbies that you have? Well, now I'm here at golf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big golfer. Um, I, I mean, I've always been a big golfer, but a lot more of the past probably two years. So uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not complaining about the sun all the time. Um, no, I mean, it, I go in and out. Uh, I... I just in general, I kind of get very focused on one thing or another. So if I get into a book, I'll get into books a lot, and I'll just I can read for you know hours on end, and I'll do that for months on end, and then all of a sudden I'll stop and then won't read for six months. So it's just very up and down. But typically, you know, because I, I live by myself, you know, I like to go out um, and I'll just go to lunch and I'll read for a couple of hours, and then I'm a big movie guy and I do game as well. So. Um, I try and relax on my days off, you know, you do a lot of physical activity, so I try and just get my mind away from the rink, so whatever's going to do that, you know, whatever it's a book or TV, I'll, I'll do anything really, but typically more relaxed. Any book that you're in right now? Ah, uh, what did I? I just finished a series, it's kind of like a sci-fi, um, maybe a little nerdy one, it's called Throwing a Glass, but it was, it was pretty good, I think it was six books long. But uh, yeah, they weren't too big, it was like one of those quick ones that you can kind of get through. Um, and I just downloaded one, but I can't remember what it's called. I, I go in and out between like some sci-fi, like science fiction ones, and then uh, or like thriller, murder mystery kind of things. It just depends on what I'm kind of hooked on at that time. <laughs> Do you have a favorite author? Dan Brown's always been really good. I mean, I can't complain about him. I don't think many people can. Um, you know, <laughs> I you know like the Harry Potter books I loved, but you know obviously she's you know stuck to those and then kind of maybe call their quits after that. I mean, who would? <laughs> so, I mean, Dan Brown, there's a couple of random. I just kind of stick to whatever. I know what the genres I like, so it doesn't really matter to me about the authors. It's more about what kind of gets me out of my head. Like I said, I like to relax and not think about hockey, so whatever is going to get me out of that headspace, I, I like. So typically, like I said, it's going to be the, like the sci-fis or the like murder mystery thrillers. Okay, I want to throw some rapid fire at you, and only like five seconds to think about it. Okay. Favorite movie? Back to the Future or Inside Man? Okay. Uh, favorite TV show? Ooh. Uh, I'll say The Office or The Following. The okay. Following. Yeah, I'll say Following. Uh, so you said you're a gamer. So what's your favorite video game? Uh, I'm going to go all time. All time? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I haven't really met many people that can beat me in this. There's maybe oh. even one player ever that I've played against that beat me, like Mario Kart N64, Super Smash Bros. I, N64 is my console, so there's not many people that'll beat me. Who's your character that you race with? Peach. Well, okay, wow. Yeah. Um, and then for Super Smash, who do you have? I, 
it just depends who you want me to beat you with. <laughs> 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 uh, I'll say typically like Pikachu, Ness, Link, or Fox. Okay. I can be pretty good at all those. If you weren't a hockey player, what would you be? Um, I've always liked biology growing up. Uh, I don't know how to say what I'd want to do with that, um, whether it be the business side of it or the actual you know, science side of it, but I've always really enjoyed biology. Um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if I'd want to do like the fitness side of it or whatever, but you know, when, in high school taking it, it was always my strong suit. So I like to think I would do something with that. It was hard to get into, do some courses when I went to Colgate. I wasn't really able to do that get into like a biology course because the labs wouldn't work out. Mm. So I ended up doing geology instead because that was kind of the closest thing to, uh, you know, a science with, you know, obviously the chemistry is involved with that. So, um, yeah, I have to say something that biology field or business, but you talked about golf being your favorite sport to play, but aside from hockey, what would be your best sport to be a spectator at? What would I like to watch the most? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I haven't really watched, I really enjoy tennis. I don't really watch a lot of sports, um, but I love watching tennis. Like, it's such a good sport. When I actually watch it, you can appreciate everything, and the, and the rallies are so good. And so I, I think I would love to watch tennis. I've never actually just gone and actually watched it, though. So it's sooner or later, I'd like to go watch, like, the U.S. Open or, or some sort of, you know, major event with tennis. So, yeah, that or, that or golf. But golf, you, you only get to see one hole, or you have to walk. You know, seven miles or seven kilometers. So, it's, you know, choose your poison, I guess. <laughs> all right, that's all I got for you. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, thanks for having me. And finally, to conclude everything, Sam Carrick coming back down from the Anaheim Ducks. He didn't play at all for San Diego in the month of December. His last game with the Gulls, a two-goal performance on November 30th. He comes back. He picks up back-to-back -back games with the goal in early January against the Bakersfield Condors. So uh, I know a lot of fans not able to get the broadcast coming back home from the games, but we do have Sam Carrick's interview down in the Stella Lounge, a really darn good one. So, so good, I feel as if we should put it on the Gulls cast. Sam, welcome back. I actually haven't seen you since you came back, so welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to be back. And, hey, congratulations, too. Heck of a job in Anaheim. What was it like playing for Dallas at the NHL level now? It was good. Obviously, there's uh, a little familiar, familiarity there. Tough one. Um, but, yeah, no, he's, he's good. He's, uh, he's not changing. You know, it doesn't matter what level he's at. He's, uh, you know, first and foremost, he wants us to good, be uh, good men. And, um, obviously, he's a great hockey coach that, um, you know, he's doing whatever he can to, to try to string together wins up there. And, you know, times have been a little tough. But um, I think, you know, it, it's going to happen sooner or later. They're going to string together some wins and uh, get on a roll. What's tomorrow going to be like for you, being up in the NHL so long, coming back down to the wife and kid? You wake up tomorrow, make breakfast, go hit the waves? Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a day off. Yeah, that was uh, three games and three nights for me, so that was, I haven't done that in a while. But, um, yeah, definitely a little bit of rest, relaxation, maybe hit the beach for a bit and uh, just spend some quality time. Now, you were skating with Getzlaff for a good chunk of time. What is it like playing with an NHL veteran like Ryan Getzlaff? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. He's uh, obviously, you know, he's been around for a long time. Um, he knows what it takes to win. He knows what it takes to uh, stick around in that league and, and uh, excel in that league. So, obviously, a very high-end player. Um, you know, I got the chance to play with him and, and a bunch of other guys, too. You know, I started off there with uh, Raquel and Silverberg, and that was, you know, a great experience as well. So, 
I learned a lot from those guys, and um, you know, those are, I'm trying to bring little little things back here to uh, to our team. You know, you're a veteran here, you're a captain here, and, and nobody's perfect. There's no perfect player, and even Getzlaff still growing in Silverberg and All Star. When you say you're learning from those guys, do you have conversations? Do you just watch their tendencies? What, what do you do to pick up from them? Yeah, I mean, we, we do a lot. We, uh, we watch video together. We, uh, we just talk. Um, you know, I, I do more listening than talking, obviously. I'm, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. And, and a lot of it is, is just trying to find different ways to create scoring chances and create goals. Uh, it's such a hard league to score in up there. You know, it, it, you might only get one chance a game. Uh, if you're lucky and you know I think a lot of it is just trying to create those different chances and what works what doesn't work and um, you know like you said you never really stop learning you know those guys are, are still trying to evolve with the game the game changes all the time and um, you know it's just uh, it, it's, it's a fun experience you know getting to work with those guys. So when you're up in the NHL and you're doing more listening than talking you come back down in the American League what do you like about the young guys are they a bunch of listeners is there sometimes you got to hit them a little harder in practice what's it like <laughs> No it's good no they they're they're great you know those guys that's one thing you know I've definitely noticed um, being around for a few years now is the young guys that have come in, um, especially this organization, are, I've just been so good. Um, they, they know what they're doing. You know, you, you don't really have to tell them too much. Um, they're just so professional. They come in, they work, they work hard every day. Um, the professionals on the ice, off the ice. So, you know, it makes a job for me a lot easier. Um, you know, there's really, there's not much I need to tell them, you know, especially, you know, the team we had last year with those guys, look how well they're doing up in Anaheim now. And, I think we got a lot of good young prospects here this year as well. Well, with the start to tonight's game, you got Moran and you got Trop. You played enough with Trop and you have Moran. Moran's probably been the best rookie in the last 10 games for the Gulls. So this is a benefit for him to get to play with you two guys. And again, getting to play with Trop, you're pretty familiar with him. Having a young guy and an older guy to say makes it a little easier, a little harder. No, it's awesome, man. Uh, Moran's been awesome for us. He, uh, I actually look at it like, uh, you know, I get the opportunity to play with him, you know, in, in a lot of ways because he's been, he's been so good for us. You know, he's such a hard worker, great skater, and uh, the one thing about him is, is he competes every shift, and he's always, he's all over the puck. Um, he does a lot of, a lot of the dirty work, which you know, makes it easier for me and Tropper, uh, you know, guys that have, you know, been around so long. We're not known for our uh, speed necessarily, so having a guy like that that just hounds the puck and you know, gets it to us, and we're, we able, we're able to do our thing and make plays. Is there an adjustment period coming down from the NHL to play in the AHL? Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit. Um, you know, it's it, 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 definitely different leagues. Um, the NHL is, is very fast-paced. Um, it's very hard to, to create different chances just because players are always in the right position at the right time. So um, coming down here, you know, you, may be, you might have a little bit more opportunity to uh, create some offense off the rush, and and especially, you know, in, in the cycle game as well. So, um, you know, obviously we would like to score a little bit more this weekend. I, I thought we, uh, we can d definitely do a lot more to create some scoring chances, but that's one thing we're going to work on this week in practice and hopefully, uh, you know, have a good weekend next weekend. So going into the next stretch, you're not going to have too many games off. You guys play most Fridays and Saturdays coming for the next three months. What is it that the team's got to do? Bear down on, did a lot better on the penalty kill in the last two days. Power play didn't do so well. Talked about scoring goals. That's needed to be all-round stuff, or is there anything you guys got to pinpoint? Yeah, I mean, we're going to work on our power play for sure. You know, that was one thing that, you know, could have been a game-changer for us tonight. So um, it's frustrating, you know, being a guy that's on the power play that's relied on to, uh, to, to you know, to get goals for us on, the, on that power play. And, um, you know, that's one thing we're going to work on for sure. Um, I thought, you know, I thought we played well tonight, and, you know, we probably could have won that game, but... 
Um, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, just little, little things like, you know, have, you know, the chances we had on the power play, those have to go in. That five on three, we have to get a goal. So um, not, there's not too much we need to do, but uh, power play is one of them. That'll wrap up this week's edition of the Gulls cast. For Ryan Johnston, Sam Carrick, a big thank you to those guys. For BJ McPherson, my name is Andy Zilch. This has been an edition and a presentation of the San Diego Gulls Audio Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.